welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airwaves where this conversation takes place. Land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today I'm chatting to Hamish Vicari at Nonna's house. In November last year, Hamish started selling family recipe Italian subs out the back of an unassuming house on Nicholson Street. It went viral. Nonna's house was the obvious choice of name for the venture, given that it is in fact his Nonna's house. Having lost his job at the start of COVID, Hamish was thinking about his next move. And when his nonna passed away at the impressive age of 98 late last year, it came to him. He'd make and sell food he grew up with, the food he discovered at his nonno and nonna's house. And Melbourne can't get enough of it. Anyone who's had one of these subs describes it by closing their eyes and kind of sighing as though they've already forgotten they were telling you about it and are already planning their next visit. But get onto it because it's first in, best dressed, and these babies go quickly. Hamish and his dad and his uncle sell out every weekend. I went round during the week, and I have to say, this was one of the most hilarious chats I've ever had. When I arrived, I could hear the stereo, which was up pretty loud, and Hamish didn't hear the doorbell. I overthought it, went down the side of the house, saw him through the window in the kitchen, felt awkward, went back to the front door, sent a message to say I was there, and then when he opened the door, I was looking out at the street, and I got the biggest and very audible fright when I was like, those like ah, and then fits of laughter you do hear that laughter in this podcast I went in and I met Hamish's beautiful two-year-old basset hound chef and we sat down to well Hamish and I sat down to chat chef was pretty keen on getting some attention though and being part of the conversation so Hamish put him outside the chat was then punctuated by the thump of chef throwing himself at the door to get our attention he did come back in and he joined in the conversation a bit before going into the kitchen and wreaking some sort of havoc in there. But you know, I actually really liked all that because, look, it's not his house after all and you get what's going and you, dear listener, are getting it all. <laughs> hey. Super excited, he's just a puppy. Okay, lovely. Try and get it up, he probably shouldn't jump up too much. Alright, come on. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> He'll probably do it a bit. That's alright, we can have <laughs> dogs in the background, that's fine. Um, so, hi Hamish, thank you for being on Conversation with a Chef. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> No, it's always awkward at the start. Um, so I've been just, well, like, Nonna's house seems like something that we didn't know we wanted and then everyone's absolutely, it's gone gangbusters, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. gone crazy. Like, yeah. in 24 hours after the first broadsheet article, I got, like, 6,000 followers. <laughs> now I'm up to a bit over 8,000. Yeah, wow. In nine weeks. It's <clears throat> crazy. And... Like, why do you think that is? Um, I think there's a lot to do with the story and 
Melbourne, like people from Melbourne love niche kind of things. Like some of the comments I've um, read through the broadsheet posts, people are like, oh, my Melbourne meter has been broken and <laughs> stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I guess that it, um, it kind of, well, as you say, so you're in your nonna's house and, um, and you've got that great um, tie into Italian background <laughs> and um and it's in this uh, it's in north side so that's always a great thing but maybe let's let's start off with i think your name's fascinating so you've got a scottish first name an italian surname that's <laughs> where does all that come from um so i think my mom and dad is like the name okay like, yeah so they're italian um my dad is yeah um so both of his parents were born in italy yeah. but dad was born in australia um, and then my mum's Australian. Yeah, right. Yeah. So in terms of food memories, because, um, you know, I read about um, your grandparents having a catering business, your nonno, and, um, and doing that out in the, from the garage. And that's, is that your earliest memories of food, coming around here and seeing them cook? Or how did, how did it all work? Because I feel like Italian families always have lots of food memories. Yeah, so my dad... Um, had a restaurant while when I was growing up, up okay. until I was about six years old. Um, so, you know, I'd always go and watch him in the kitchen when I was a really young kid. And then when I'd always come to Melbourne, we'd stay at this house. Um, so my nonna would always be out the back making pasta or his sausages. And yeah, so he was, all, and he was teaching me how to make pasta and all that kind of stuff. So I just grew up with it. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't think you'd get into the food industry? Um, I always wanted to, but I didn't want to do, um, an apprenticeship. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and like giving up your weekend nights and all that kind of stuff and all the labor that kind of goes into becoming a chef is a lot. And I wasn't all that interested in that aspect. I just kind of wanted to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. And so what was the turning point then? Um, so I lost my job at the start of COVID. So like the very start of it. Um, and I was like, I don't want to go back into that career anymore. It wasn't, it was just something I was good at. It wasn't a passion. Um, so then with us being able to take the 10 grand super out, I spoke to my dad and I was like, look, I've got this opportunity to take the super out and I've got some savings. Um, is it alright if I start the kitchen back up? This is my idea. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and did you always know you wanted to do subs? Um, not in particular. Um, the sub thing, uh, so at the start of lockdown as well, Rocco's kind of blew up. We tasted that and I was looking around. There was a lot of um, sandwich places that were opening and... There's so many just normal sandwich places in the sense of, you know, a sandwich. Mm. So I thought even to this day, there aren't too many places that are doing subs. I think I'm one of the only ones that is like purely dedicated. Mm. So I found that to be probably a gap in the market. And the food that I do or the food that I ate growing up translates to going into a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. So do you do everything from scratch? Yeah. Yeah, so we make all our sauces, uh, all our pesto, everything, yeah. And are they your grandparents' or grandmother's recipes? Is it 
to them. <laughs> he really wants to be inside, doesn't he? <laughs> I might let him in and see yeah, how it goes. Yeah, let's do that. Family, family recipes? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, none of them have ever been written down. It's all done by taste. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Does that take a lot of experience? Um, so, Dad learned it the same way as what I did. So, my nonno would have either my dad or myself out on the kitchen bench and he'd be making the meatballs and putting all the ingredients in and he'd be like, taste it. So... You know, we'd taste it and you'd, he'd say, does it need a bit more of this or a bit more of that? Because he knew the recipe from taste. So he trained our taste buds. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And and how many days a week are you open now? At the moment, just Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. Because yeah. um, when I first opened, I was open for two weeks just from word of mouth. Mm. And in the first week, I was like, oh... You just walk past this place and it's a house. People don't know there's food going to be sold here. So unless you know about it, um, people aren't going to come. So I didn't really want to spend time just waiting in the kitchen for people to come. Um, so I decided to do Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> and then... <laughs> yeah. Decided to do Saturday and Sunday. Kind of get the gauge of the kitchen, how much space... I have to be able to produce what I need for the particular days. Um, so I figured out that I need more fridge space. And once I sort that out, I'll be open five days a week. Yeah, yeah. And so it's already set up out the back, is it, in terms of kitchen and layout and everything? So you could just go in there and start cooking? Is that how it works? At the... So... Because it was it, what, was it a catering space already? It was a, it was a kitchen. Yeah. But, um, so it was only the gas and water that was left. Oh, so okay. when my nonna passed away, my nonna gutted the kitchen. Okay. Yeah. So I had to get it up to standard for cancel and all that kind sure. of stuff. Yeah. Wow. It's quite a few hoops to go through, isn't it? But, um, yeah. It's not, it's not too bad. It took a while. Mm. Um, the longest thing was time, really, because um, the council have to go through their processes and they've got so many people wanting to do so many projects and stuff, so mm. they're just under the pump. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it did take a while, but the process in itself wasn't that difficult. Okay. Yeah. But it's definitely not something that everybody can do. It depends on location and... Uh, a bunch of different things like yeah. the size of your property and yeah it's like it is intricate and the council are designed to not let it happen everywhere because otherwise you know it would uh the council are big on not affecting the amenity of the neighborhood yeah. so making sure that your neighbors can live in peace within the business that you want to do mm. yeah so um we're pretty heavy on that to make sure that we uh, make sure that the, our neighbours are happy. And um, and we say we you work with your dad and your uncle. Is that how it goes? Is it? Yeah. So my dad comes in and does the prep. Yeah. And then he kind of talks to people in the backyard and tells them the story about um, our family and the cooking and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then it's me in the kitchen with my uncle. Yeah. And and are you happy with your decision? Is it good? 
branching out into this your own food business? Um, I am. It's there's a lot involved in it, and I'm doing a lot of running around. It's like I'm, I do at least eighty percent of the work. Um, and it's good to see such a reward uh, as early as I have because I know a lot of people don't have that. Um, and coming into a new year and getting a better process down, mm. um, and yeah, just getting focused on the business rather than doing the days of work at the pub and all that. So, yeah, I am loving it and I've got big plans for the future. Um, so yeah. Because <laughs> I know that my um my neighbour Nadia um came and got uh, a sub on Sunday, and she said that she was you know in heaven, and it was so delicious. And I and I understand that's the reaction from most people. That must be pretty ga- great to be making something that people are responding so enthusiastically to. Yeah. Well, the when I started the business, I knew our food was successful because it had been sold. Um, we used to own the Rochester Castle Hotel. Okay. At that time, that was in the late 70s. Yeah. No, early 70s to the 80s. And um, we were one of the best pub foods in... uh, We had some of the best pub food in Melbourne at the time. Mm. Um, So I knew our food was successful. Mm. But it is great to see and be able to bring our food back into Fitzroy and Melbourne to have people experience what I have and what a lot of people have in the past. Mm. And is it a mixed group? Of, is it is it mainly people that read broadsheet, or is it? Um, are you getting a variety of people coming now? Um, what I think it was like the second weekend after being posted on broadsheet, we had a lady come down from somewhere around Rand Hill, Mornington area, and it we'd sold out, and then she came back the next weekend at eleven a.m. to make sure she could um, get a sub. So I think it is quite broad and as well because yeah. I got put on Seven Sunrise. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like hit a very broad spectrum of people. Yeah. And then word of mouth. I mean, when your product's good, people talk about it, don't they? Yeah. So, so the next step is opening five days a week. Yeah. 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 And just got some things to put in place for that. But yeah. There, do you have any other plans for the business? Yeah. So my nonna would have been 99 in January. So she passed away in October. Mm. Um, so unfortunately that means maybe between the next six months to two or three years the place is going to get sold um so the goal is to to maybe get into like a pub that isn't using their kitchen or something like that yeah and then build um i want to try and have that by july anyway yeah and then i want to own open my own venue um similar to like catfish so maybe like live music food and um a bar? Yeah, nice. I see you've got lots of vinyl. Is this yours or is it your nonna's? No, that's all mine, yeah. Yeah, wow, okay, yeah. Well, that's good. So this has really ignited something in you then, so it's sort of 
obviously um, family background and then circumstance and then yeah it's all working yeah yeah I did I expected it to be successful I didn't expect to get 6,000 followers in 24 hours from broadsheet like yeah. if I got 1,200 2,000 I would have been over the moon about it but yeah. just the reception I've had like I go speak to friends like go catch up with friends and they're like introduce me to their friends and say oh this is Hamish from Nonna's house and they're like what like you're the guy <laughs> and like everyone that I speak to is like is saying that people are speaking about it which is yeah it blows my mind <laughs> it's so great because I think okay you're right because there, there's the story so people love a good story and like um you know a reason behind doing something um, but also the food is obviously really good and um and so I think you have both those things and then um and you know personality and all those things. So I think that's um congratulations. It's so great. Yeah, thanks, I appreciate it. I think that's it. Cool. Thank you. Better feed your dog. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Hamish Vicari at Nonna's House. You can check out all the goodness that is 550 Nicholson Street on Instagram at Nonna's House 3068. And if you liked what you heard and want to hear about some other chefs, I'm on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef and I post every time I have a conversation so you know you can go and check it out. You can read the chat at www.conversationwithachef.com. I would love it if you told a friend about the chats, if you like them. <laughs> and of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great day.